Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine, your host of the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. And our guest for this episode is Tosh Haynes. She is a professional photographer and blogger based out of Seattle, Washington, with over 10 years of experience in the entrepreneurship world as a small business owner, speaker, and coach, and a master's in public action from the University of Washington. Tasha's platform exists to inspire the beginning entrepreneur, the working or stay-at-home mom, yes, yes, and every woman in between. Motherhood, faith, and family are her topics of choice, and in her spare time, she enjoys writing, picnics, tea parties, and catching flights around the world (laughs) to escape the rain showers of the Pacific Northwest with her husband and two daughters, Wisdom and Courage and finding ways to connect with her Haitian culture. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm going to introduce me and I'm like, I'm so basic. Picnics, tea parties, flights around the world. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> on trend. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. She is anything from basic. Y'all better stop everything you're doing right now and listen <laughs> to this episode because you are phenomenal. And this is the first time I've ever, I'm ever seeing you and I'm just just reviewing what you've put out. And it's just so beautiful. And in fact, this morning, I know it sounds kind of weird, but this morning I was washing my hair in the shower and I was singing Strength, Courage and Wisdom from um, Indiari. That's our song. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling myself, it's been inside of me all along, right? Yes, and yes. I, I love the names that you've chosen for your daughters. They're so powerful. But the fact that your, your blog is called that, I just, I love it. Thank Every you so much. Day. Oh man, there's so many backstories. I want to like give all of them, but this would be a very long winded uh, podcast. So I'm going to keep them to myself, but um, they were very intentionally named and not by me, by the Lord. And so it's just really cool to see them like walk in those names. Even my youngest just turned one and I'm already seeing like, it's going to be my mommy heart is going to really learn about courage in the next 20 years. (laughs) But yes, amazing and I forgot about that song until after she was born and I'm like oh my gosh that's right so yes a lot around here <laughs> yes yes I love it I mean it's so it's so strong it says a lot about you too and your husband as parents to choose to choose that I mean and then to have it at the forefront like that just your name you know, that's going to help in so many ways when they become adults and they're facing some of the challenges that we all face. And those values are ones that are essential, whether you're in business, whether you, you know, work a nine to five. I mean, the person that we are from the inside and what we, you know, base our life on, I'm very spiritual also, is necessary for true happiness and success. And it's I think so true. It's, true. it's 
it's missing for so many people though. It's true. I love it because whenever I say their name, it's like I'm speaking it over them. And what mm-hmm. I've learned as I've watched them over the last year together is that they really need each other. Wisdom comes before courage, but you need courage in order to even act on your wisdom. And my daughters are, are it's, it's, I see it like wisdom is a little more reserved, a little more, you know, she's a little less of a risk taker, but she's so wise already at eight years old. And courage is like, let's do it. Let's go. She's afraid of nothing, but she almost needs wisdom to kind of pull her back in. So I'm watching them um, and how they like interact with each other. And I realize that they, they are a pair and they go together. And so it's going to be really interesting and wonderful to kind of see that come into fruition as they grow up. So Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I remember just, just as you're talking, it made me think of Maya Angelou's quote um, when she's talking about the virtues. And I think courage was the one that you need the most to exhibit all the rest of the qualities that are necessary. Yep. Um, so I love that you, that you stated that. Okay. I want to know how you got into your entrepreneurial journey before we oh, get into geez. everything else Whew. what led you into entrepreneurship no that's a great question so before i uh was so i'm a professional photographer as you mentioned in the intro and before that i was uh in youth development i spent 10 years working with uh at risk youth doing uh uh, GED completion, job training things, and doing kind of a multitude of different jobs with like really big uh, nonprofits that work with youth. And I was loving my job, but also feeling like I'd hit like a glass ceiling and wanted more. And um, I'm not a person that can stay in something where I can't see, uh, I can't see growth, I can't see opportunity. And it wasn't so much that I couldn't see growth or opportunity for myself. It was that even in my clients, there was only so far I could take them. And that just felt really restrictive. And so I just kind of started thinking about just different ways that I could grow. But the real truth of the matter is that I've always really wanted to be a photographer since I was very, very young. Um, I was raised in foster care and I didn't grow up with a lot of pictures of myself or with family. And I had always wanted to be a photographer, but everyone told me that it wasn't the path that I should take because, um, because I was in foster care, I really needed to have something that was stable that would be able to, you know, take care of my needs. My mom is developmentally delayed. So there was always this uh, idea that I would be taking care of her at some point. So I never pursued it. And, uh, the woman who raised me in foster care unexpectedly passed away. And, and like when I found out, I got super depressed, super sad. Um, and I picked up a camera and, uh, that was 2009. And I would, I started off shooting families because at the time I didn't have a family, but I always really loved family pictures. And as I was shooting families, I was kind of like expressing myself, expressing what I hoped for my own family. And, um, people started taking notice. And so I fell into it on accident. It wasn't um, something that I had intended to do, but there came a point um, in my work life where my hobby was getting in the way of the work that I needed to do at my job. And I was making more money working two days a week than I was going to work five days a week. And so that was the moment where my husband was like, why don't you see where you could take this? If you took these other five days and you were able to really grow this thing, where could it go? And I was like, okay. So we did that. I did that. Um, I worked from home for three or four years. I got pregnant and then I was able to bring my husband home and we've been home together all of Wisdom's life, which is the last eight years. And I've been doing photography for 10. So 
That is that how is it amazing. Happens. I love that. You know, I find every time I interview someone or I have the opportunity to even just view my entrepreneurship journey, a lot of the answers of who you're meant to be and like your, you know, God given strengths were given at a, a very early age, like certain oh, signs. It's so true. It and is so true. you have to be quiet enough to really see them. Like you could put a whole bunch of stuff in your way that can kind of distract you away from that. And I think that even with some of the changes that you you were dealing with, and mentioning the loss of your, your foster mom and, you know, things that could really put a, a hindrance to someone um, taking the steps to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah. you listened. Yeah. I always found my life like ebbing and flowing back to this camera. So, I mean, five years old, I'm going through albums, loving pictures. Um, 11 years old, this organization called Treehouse asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I asked for a camera. I got my first camera. In high school, uh, they needed pictures for the yearbook. I was the one that they came to. In college, I studied abroad and got my first film camera. So I was always coming back to this thing. And it wasn't something that I could shake. But it was really about me feeling confident enough in my ability to like really focus on it and put everything I had into it to see where it would take me. And you're right. I mean, as I'm raising my girls, my daughter loves to draw and she started showing signs of wanting to draw when she was like two years old. And so we buy her notebooks and paint and markers every year because I feel like as a parent, it's my job to steward that gift. And she doesn't let up from it. And the more that I feed into it, the better she gets. And it's really cool to watch it. And I wonder where I would be if somebody would have noticed that in me when I was five years old, you know? I so. know. You see all these young people now have yeah, I mean, incredible stuff that they're doing. Girl. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like that young lady, Marley. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She, no. um, she read like 12 books or something like a large amount a month or something like that. And she started like a business around it. Oh, I wish I could remember her name. She's so, I think she's like around 12. Um, oh, Please forgive me, Marley, but she's a young, amazing young woman who I'm going to find Marley today. <laughs> <laughs> she has a book. We we even got the book. Not my, not myself. My dad got the book for my daughter because she has a thing for making jewelry and she wrote a whole business plan out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do, but she's like, no, this is what you need to do. I need to start a YouTube channel. I'm ready to start making this. And she did that. And you don't even realize how much your children are watching what you're doing because I never helped her with it. And so Marley, we're going to find, I'm going to give her her name before we end. You absolutely <laughs> help her with it though. She, you helped her by your example. Yeah, that is true. You that know, her true. watching you, her seeing that it's possible, her watching you do it. Like that is exactly, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I think it's very interesting that you work with your husband. Um, and you you had a, (laughs) you had a blog post, um, that I noticed one of the things listeners, you got to check out her blog because she has stuff on motherhood. She has things on entrepreneurship and, and life in general and faith. And for me, I have noticed, especially when I became a parent, it was really hard for me to feel like I was the same Jasmine, right? I had so many different layers. I I was a mom and I just felt like I was losing myself. Mm -hmm. And so bring on a couple of years later, here I am going into business and that changes the dynamic of your relationship, even with your mate, not just children, but now we have like, now I'm bringing in this other, you know, I almost feel like spouse. (laughs) My business is another spouse. I mean, you know, and (laughs) and money. Yeah. I mean, right. Yes. 
So for those of us who um, I don't, you know, my husband is a huge support of my business, but for those of us that decide to go the route of working with your spouse or having them a, a part of that, what kind of tips or strategies or um, advice would you give that entrepreneur? Oh man, you know, so it's seasons. That's number one. Like we are finally at this place where, so we've, our, our business has gone through seasons. Um, 10 years, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. In the beginning, it was very, very tough. We would argue at photo shoots. It was really, really awful. We Not really awful, I'm being dramatic, but it wasn't the way that we, we would hope for it to be. Um, as, as we've grown in our uh, business relationship, because that's separate, right? Like it has to be separate. Um, we've learned where the other person's strengths are and where the other person's weaknesses are. And we've also learned like there's balance. Um, so I guess what I would say is uh, trust your spouse, trust your, your business partner, um, handle them the way that you would handle any other person. If you were going to work, um, Ike and I, we are together 24 seven. Um, our children are with us 24 seven. So this quarantine life that we're on right now is like our normal, except we just <laughs> have an ex- we have an extra kid home with us. So for us, it's really just about acknowledging each other and, and understanding that like there's accountability that we do run a business together and that this business does fund our life. And so there is a level of expectation that work does have to come first in some respects because we don't have other income coming in. Um, but it's also trusting the other person to kind of get the job done and letting them get the job done the way that it works for them. Um, I can, I was a manager before I was in photography, so I can tend to micromanage my husband. Um, he's not necessarily a self-starter unless he's like super excited about whatever he's doing. And so it's really important for me to recognize that I need to back off. And to let him do things the way that it works for him, it doesn't matter how it gets done. It's just that it gets done. Um, and then just making sure that like you turn work off because it's really easy when you're in the same house and work is happening in the same house and life is happening in the same house for it to all run together. And I haven't always been so great about that, but um, I've learned that like work is work and life is life. And there's got to be some kind of separation. So um, even if that's like, I'm going to step into a different room to work from this time to this time. And when I come out of this room, I'm no longer working. I'm now a mom and a wife or whatever the case may be. So those are the kinds of things that I would suggest. And then I have a couple other tips on my blog. So if you want to head on over there, you know, you can <laughs> a few more few more things but yes absolutely i feel you know um when i first started out in business i have noticed how my personality has kind of evolved and i have had to take more of a lead more be more in charge speak up um be a little bit more firmer than what i'm used to and i did a personality assessment and that d personality that dominant personality is very high for me but i think I, what i wanted to share with the listeners too is that for me personally i have to learn how to switch that off and let my husband take the lead it is hard as a woman when you're used to especially as a business owner but allow him to have that dignity of of oh yeah of course i know i can get it done like like 1 2 3 right but i think knowing when to take that hat off and fall into play. I do believe in the traditional um, traditional marriage to some aspects. Of course, you know, we're both working people, but um, having him have the headship and also taking the lead gives him that ability to feel like there's some, 
you know, he has some value and contribution in the family. And it's very easy for me as a business owner to switch back on to the, what I need to have when I'm running my business and forgetting that, hey, I'm in a relationship. So I think that's a challenge for me I face, and I'm sure that that may be for others. So I just admire what, the work that you're doing and how oh, long man. you guys have been working together. It is, it is growth. And honestly, the blog was birthed out of when you talked about personality and growth and maturing and identity, the blog for me was birthed out of this feeling of like, I've done this I can Tosh thing for all of these years. I'm more than just Tosh, the photographer. And there are things that I want to talk about and, and ways that I want to express myself that I can't do in business. And so for me, coming into 2020, because I launched my blog late 2019, I just felt like it's time for me to have my own voice and to give people the opportunity to get to know me in a different way. And he was already doing that. He had already broken out a couple years ago and started a YouTube channel. And I was seeing him really thrive and really grow. And I was feeling a little bit jealous. Like, you get to have fun and do this thing that has nothing to do with me. And I'm over here and I'm just kind of stuck in this little box that is still something that you get to be a part of, but I don't have anything that's just for me. And so it has been so like a wonderful place for me to just fall and to grow and to connect with people outside of like our brand. And I think that also has been like really positive for our household, for us to have things that are outside of each other and our own, like when people are like, do you want to do a podcast? I'm like, do you want Tosh or do you want Ike and Tosh? Like I always have to ask that. <laughs> Are you getting, are you asking for me or are you asking for both of us? Cause it's a, it's a totally different experience, a totally different conversation. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's been really fun to have that too. So I would definitely tell like working couples to like, make sure that you have your own thing that you get to get filled up by and pour into that's separate from what you're doing with your spouse. That's true. That is so true. Um, I, I was watching a, well, as as you know, we're on quarantine. So of course you're going to be looking at ridiculous stuff you normally don't look at. And <laughs> so I'm desperate, desperate for any, any kind of entertainment. Right? I mean, I'm it. so desperate. I downloaded TikTok and I don't oh. have time for TikTok, but I downloaded it thinking that, yeah, I'm going to learn to dance. I'm like, Jasmine, what in the world are you doing right now? Like not today. Like you don't have time to learn a new dance right now. But TikTok but, is so lit right now. I know. I know. <laughs> Watch me have something by the end of next week. Um, but someone had sent me a funny, funny one. They had had asked this gentleman, um, like choose A or B. Like, so would who would you like to be with during this quarantine? A, your wife and your kids. B, and he was like B, B. He didn't even look at the options. Like he didn't even care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm like, people are like, oh, I just love having this family time. I just love it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I do this every day, all day long. Like, I'm trying to get out of here. My best friend <laughs> and I, we've been talking and I'm like, man, I wish I was in your tent. I wish I was hanging out with you. Like, why couldn't we have gotten stuck together when, yeah. the, when, the, when the state lines closed? <laughs> yes, I need my alone time. I need my alone time. I need my, my, I love the fact that you have met. And that's the first thing I thought about was like that and that identity, having that, that separateness is necessary. And then finding ways to be creative and making sure that you have that because when the kids are grown and they're out and they're living their lives and stuff like that, we still need to feel like we're whole. We're our, yeah. We're our own person. And, you know, I appreciate Ike because he knows that about me and he knows when I start to get itchy and I need to like get away. And so he is so great about respecting what I need and not, um, not being like a jerk about it or not making me feel bad about it. Um, 
I had the baby last year. And then um, six months later, I went to Spain on a solo trip. And Ooh. oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, well, not completely solo, but my travel there was solo. And I stopped in Paris and, um, and he held it down and he made sure the baby had breast milk and he made sure that the FaceTimes happened. And I mean, they had, they were ashy and nappy hair, but like he knew that I needed that. And he just he resumed and made it happen. And then this year I, I just unexpectedly got invited to Haiti and it was my first I mean, Haiti is a really complicated country, as everyone knows. And so being able to go was just like a dream of mine. And just like in a moment's notice, like he adjusted our life so that I could take advantage of this trip, you know. And so he's really good about knowing what's important to me and letting me go. But he also will shut stuff down, too. He's like, you know, after quarantine, we're not about to be doing nothing because we got to work twice this hard. I'm like, I understand. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I'm going to go to Safeway and that's about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Tosh, I'm telling you, I'm so happy you said that because I have felt guilty and I'll tell you why. I um, have often had people in the industry ask me, "Um, are your kids okay? Uh, Are you sure? Because I was traveling, I was going to different conferences. My husband knows that because I had dealt, I had dealt with a bout of depression and anxiety, some serious depression. And a lot of it had to do with me not doing things and being my myself. And I felt like that was affecting my ability to be a good mom. And so he knew that he, that a part of being who I am was that I wanted to get out there and impact and, and share my message. And that required me to travel. Um, Regardless of when I'm traveling, as soon as I get back home, I'm still mom. I'm with him majority of the time. But, but also, I w- they're his kids. Yes. They but yet- them belong to him. Exactly. And, and so there was like this perception or like this guilt put on you from other moms. And I'm like, that was, I loved my time away. Even though I was working, I loved my time. I liked having that whole hotel room. By myself. Girl, that's a word. Okay. <laughs> Bed by yourself. Yes. You don't hear a sound because I like silence. You don't hear a sound. And so when you say that you went to Spain, I said, oh, no. I'm. You know what? Clarence is in trouble. Because I'm I like, listen, I met this woman named Tosh. Yep, I did. I did. And, and oh, you, It's amazing. I plan to go on a solo trip this year. Well, a trip with my best friend. And like, I, I'm always like, look, I know that we've been on quarantine, but I, I will get this trip. This is one trip. I'm gonna get this one. But I just feel like, you know, people are like, who's gonna watch the kids? Like their father who helped make them like they're half of his. Like, are you sure about the, like, what? what? And also mom shaming is like the wackest thing. Like families come in so many different shapes and sizes, like roles of the mother are so different. Like Ike is such a hands-on father. He does all the baths. He does a lot of the cooking. Like it's just how it is in our house. And so girl, do you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm going to San Diego in July. Okay. <laughs> respect. Yes. Respect. I'm yes. going to San Diego in July this to go to attend at a conference. Not that I'm actually speaking like this is just for me to go. And I feel amazing. So yes, my husband, he cooks, he does the cooking and, and people are like, what are you sure? I'm like, you have to do what works for your family. I have my contribution and I love that you mentioned that. So hopefully if you're a listener and you're struggling with this, know that it's possible. You can find a way to find um, something that works for your family. You don't have to have um, anyone else's norms unless 
unless it's your own. It's something that you create for your family. So I wanted to share and talk to you about this last um, last piece because one of the things that I have seen is that we are in a society that you're taught to go, 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 and never take care of yourself. Um, I've dealt with being burnt out, stress-related illness, going to the hospital frequently because of pain. And there was a blog article that I caught of you where you dealt with a health scare in 2017. And so um, I would like to talk about that a bit because I think as women, especially women um, in business um, and then women and who are mothers in business tend to go, go, go and not really consider, wait a minute, something is really wrong here. I need to, to get help and assistance to make sure I'm okay. Can you share with listeners um, enough so they can send themselves to your blog yeah. and really read this. And uh, I mean, it was just a phenomenal piece about what you dealt with. Yeah. During that so time. I uh, got the flu and I had never had the flu before. Although I think that sometimes we think that we have had it because we, I think we use cold and flu interchangeably. So I thought I just had like a cold and um, instead of sitting down and taking care of it, I, I couldn't because there were people who needed me and there were jobs that needed to be done and there were workshops that needed to be put on. And so I pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, I ended up at the doctor. They said it was a virus um, and I still didn't sit down. They were like, it needs to run its course, but I, we were making money and that was important. And so that's what I prioritized until one day I woke up and I felt like something was really, really wrong. Um, so uh, we were supposed to be going out of town. I'm kind of trying to fast track this story because it can, I'm long winded and it can be long. So just forgive me for how I'm studying over my words. But uh, Ike and I uh, were preparing to go out of town to speak at a conference and I felt um, my chest seize up and I had a stabbing pain in my back. And um, I thought maybe my atlas was out of place. I don't know if you guys are familiar with chiropractic terms, but your atlas kind of holds your like neck into like your brainstem into your, your back or whatever. Um, so we went to the chiropractor. I could barely breathe. I just was really struggling to breathe. And they were saying, uh, they said it wasn't an issue that was related to skeletal muscle muscle stuff. So they sent us to the emergency room. I was there for many, many hours. And then they were like, we're not sure what's going on with you, but there's something wrong with your heart. Um, I was admitted for uh, flu and that flu virus ended up in my heart and it sent me into heart failure. I also had pneumonia. And had I gotten on the plane that day, I probably would have died. And so the last three years of my life um, have been really defining for me. Everything in my life is like how life was before and after. And um, in that process, when I got sick and I was like, the first six days that I was in the hospital, I was in um, intensive care, or critical care, and could barely breathe, was on oxygen. Um, it's kind of crazy because when you think about coronavirus and where we are right now, there's a lot of similarities. And so uh, I just, I thank the Lord for that experience because um, as the world is out here playing with this virus and don't want to sit down, I have no problem sitting down. Um, and it doesn't take much for me to go, no, nah, we need to chill on this. We're not going to do this. Anyway, um, in that moment when I was at the hospital, I was 34, my daughter was four years old, and nothing about my experience had anything to do with Instagram and how many followers I had, or how much money was in my bank account, or how much money I was going to be leaving my kids. Like, 
none of that ever came to mind. I didn't care about my business and what I had worked so hard to build. What I was concerned about was the girls that I had mentored and like what would happen if I had passed away. I was thinking about how wisdom was for and that the doctors are telling me my heart is not, it's not doing well. I probably won't live or survive this and how like, she's not even five. Like she's not even going to remember me if I die. You know, there were just so many things that I went through my head. And I remember asking the Lord, like, if I make it through this, like I'm going to change how I live my life. And I'm not going to put so much energy into things that really don't matter that are fleeting. And I'm going to like be more intentional about how I carry out my life, how I deal with people, how I pour into people. And it was really, really life shifting for me. So that is what happened. And I just wouldn't slow down. And when I'm sick now, I'm like, I'm out for seven days. I'm not sitting behind no computer. I'm going to sit down, drink some orange juice. I ain't pushing nothing. Not even a pen. You ain't even pushing no, a pen. I, and we're talking <laughs> a lot too about boundaries. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's really what the issue was. It wasn't yes. that I didn't want to take care of myself. It was that I did not have boundaries in place for myself. I didn't have boundaries in place for my business. That yes. made me stop and go, this is not that important right now. This can wait. And, or this is not how I'm going to be treated in this situation, or this is not how I'm going to, I'm not going to be made to feel like I have to answer this email at 10 o'clock at night or something on the other side is not going to come through. And so now I have these kind of boundaries that I'm like, Hey, I actually, I'll get to your email on Tuesday when I'm back in the office. I do realize that it's Thursday and you're going to have to wait four days, but that's how our life is set up. And if you want to work with us and you'll wait for that email on Tuesday, when I'm back in the office. So it taught me so much about what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing. I don't do stuff that I don't enjoy doing. Now there's a difference between like, you've got to do stuff because you've got to get it done, but it's not your favorite thing. But then there's doing stuff that actually brings you stress and frustrates you. Um, For example, numbers and taxes, that is not my thing. I get anxiety when I think about it, hire someone outsource it. It's worth putting the money into someone handling that part. Then to allow that anxiety to like overtake you and to put it off, things like that. So I really started looking at my life and I was like, what are the things that like really stress me out? What are the things that take time away from my family? What are the things that um, could be better utilized into like a workflow or whatever the case may be? And I started making those changes. And then I was like, what do I love to do? And what can I get rid of so I can do more of that? And one of those things was travel. One of those things was writing. One of those things was spending time with my girls. I wanted to be spending more time with my girls than I was behind a computer. And if I was behind a computer, I wanted to be doing things that I enjoyed doing. So it's five o'clock. I am so sorry about Siri letting you know what time it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That happens every time I do a podcast. Everything to turn it off. I'm so sorry. But yeah, it just. I learned a lot about boundaries and about designing a life that you love. Um, But it took me almost losing the one that I had to get there. And listeners, let me tell you something. You don't want to go through that situation. No, you have to listen right now and understand that the business will always be there. But the, the times that really matter the most are things that you cannot replace. So therefore, stop answering those emails every five seconds. Stop answering everyone's urgencies throughout the day. Yes. I mean, I love the fact that when I emailed Tosh, her um, reply back says 24 to 48 hours. I was like, yes. 
Okay. Because, <laughs> it says I am a working mom. Yes. And so I will, and I actually think it says 48 to 72 hours because I was like, Ooh, okay. I, I can't okay. do 24 hours. I know I'm not coming back in 24 hours. That's me then. Then that's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be on email every day. Yes. Not with a new baby. Cause at the time when I, you know, I'm just, I'm just not like, that's just not yeah. realistic. And that is not what I want to do. I also don't have email on my phone. I don't have any notifications on any of my social media because I don't want to always be reaching for my phone or thinking about my phone. So I have a couple times during the day where I check in on things and then I carry out the rest of my life. And I think that is, it was, it's been really a good, healthy change for me. And, and I think the hard part is, especially for emerging entrepreneurs or, or business owners from like year one to five. And I know I've dealt with this until I started feeling that burnout that you feel even as an entrepreneur, um, is that the business will still be there even if you don't answer in the next 10 or 15 minutes or so. Some people feel like, I got to answer, I got to answer, I got to answer, I got to answer. And people will, I guarantee you, as soon as you establish those boundaries, they're going to try to work around it. They're going to try to push up against them. And you've got to really stand firm. I remember the first time that someone asked, they wanted to have a conversation with me um, about some business opportunity. And so I sent them my Calendly link. I do not give my direct number out, never. Like if my number is up there, it's going to, it's a Google voice number that's going to a voicemail. Um, and she, she, she said to me when she finally met me in person, the first thing she thought was, who did I think I was? And I said to her, I said, well, I do that because I need those boundaries so that I can have time with my family. I only take calls within this certain period of time during you know, during the week, I'm not going to be answering calls all throughout the day. Um, because my, my family needs my time. And she said, you know what? I appreciate that. She was a business owner herself. And she said, one of the things I struggled with was when I would have, you know, dinner with my family or I would do X, Y with my family, my phone was always ringing. And yet she still asked, who did I think I was? So it's like, you know, there's a huge, there's a huge misconception that success means, constantly being on. No, that's true. And it's not. You're right. So far from it. I'm actually going to set up a calendar tonight because I need that in my life. (laughs) I I have it in my calendar, like on my own, but like, it's such a great idea. Um, But also you said the business will always be there. And that's one of the things that I learned when I came out of the hospital, I went in on March 1st. So I just recently had my heart anniversary. I came out on March 23rd. Um, mm. so I was there for a minute and That's um, a really long time. To yeah, it is. And you know, the irony of the whole thing is that I can see the hospital from my bedroom window. So every single day I am reminded of what happens and wow. it is the thing that I need to get up and to get out and to move my body. When I came out of the hospital, I, I, I ended up with reactive arthritis. So I couldn't walk for several months. I was on steroids for almost a year. It was just wow. like such a whole, it was a whole situation. Um, my blood levels were off. My, my, my levels, my vitamin levels were off. I had no vitamin D. I had no iron. I mean, it just sent my whole body into a tailspin. So you have this one problem that went into all of these other things. And then I was told I couldn't get pregnant, that my heart wouldn't be strong enough to have another baby. So courage is the manifestation oh, of that wow. time. She is the fruit of, of a really, really tough season in my life where I thought that I would never be able to have another baby again. And um, that's a big, huge part of her name. Her name is Courage Kairos. Uh, Kairos is the Greek word means God's opportune 
moment or God's appointed time. So it's like courage at the right time. It's what her whole name stands for. But um, when I came out of that, we couldn't work for many, many months. And um, when we did open up our books again, people came running. I mean, it wasn't that like our business died or fell apart. You know, I mean, I would have thought that we would have had a file for bankruptcy, but that's not what happened. And here we are now again, facing this big, scary time as small business owners, um, where we're one income home, essentially, because we both work the same business and we've got this big, scary virus, right? And we've been quarantined in Washington state for many weeks because we were where it broke out. Um, and I'm watching all of my friends who are entrepreneurs. They're frantically like creating classes and going live. And what I feel is like, do what you were doing before this happened. And trust that you've built a strong enough business and reputation for yourself that when everything kind of calms down, people know you're a small business owner. People want to support you. They don't want to see you go away. So they're going to continue to come and do those things, you know? But I think it's about um, trusting your own ability and trusting what you've built as a business to know that when you take the time or when life happens, like it's happening for all of us right now, that people are going to rally behind you and they want to see you win. You know, I think when you operate with integrity and especially when you're giving back to your community and you're not like, this is my business and I'm taking and what can I get? But really, this is my business. And yes, it's supporting my family. But how can I be a giver? Then when you're in a situation where you have to stop, people are going to return that favor. And so we're right now, if I'm going to be 100% transparent, we, we've been on slow season since November because in the Northwest, it rains all the time. So we don't shoot for like four months out of the year. We should have started working about a month ago, but we didn't. And then coronavirus happened. So we mm. have zero income right now. And every day I have friends and fellow photographers texting us and checking in with us, asking us what we need. Do you need cash? Do you need groceries? How can we help you? How can we assist you? And that for me has shown, that's a reflection of the business that we've built, that people are like, we're not going to let you guys fall. We're going to yes. make sure that you come out of this alive and that you come out of this stronger than before. And I think that is, th there's just the peace that comes from that, that nothing else can, you know? And so for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to pour into my family. I'm going to get some education during this time and I'm going to be ready to work when it's over. And so yes. that's, that's how I feel like we should be approaching those kinds of things or we should be allowing ourselves to stop knowing that people are going to, be ready for us when we come back, you know? Yes. And you firmly have to believe it. Oh my goodness. You said something so powerful and I've heard this before, but it's really like, you have to ask yourself, do you truly believe it? Um, and that's the phrase where you said, people really want to see you win. There are people out there that want to see you win. And it's hysteria right now, of course. And I understand, I understand it can be, but I love the fact that even even though, you know, I am, I am an educator, I teach in a college, um, as well as going through this uh, business pivot right now for myself, um, I feel an overwhelming sense of calm as I'm talking to you about it. And a lot of people, a lot of businesses aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. And that's why I often encourage all of my coaching clients, the very first thing you need to work on is your mindset. Because you can start doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff that's mm -hmm. going to add a ton of stress to you and then deter you from the road that you're supposed to be on, that lane you're supposed to be in. Mm 
it's the real. people that you're truly supposed to be serving. It's real. I have had several photographers and friends who are business owners ask me, you know, are you going to do a course? Are you going to create a project, a product, excuse me? And I was just like, I don't believe in creating things out of lack. I never want to create something new or do something out of desperation for money. When I create something, I want it to be because I really truly believe in it and I'm passionate about it. I think that there's like a, a different level of commitment and a different result when it's done in peace and with joy, you know? So I was just like, nope, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit still. I'm going to look and see what I already have in my hands and what I can do to make those things better. And then I'm going to be ready to kill it when it's time to kill it again. You know, so that's what I'm on. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, Tosh, I've got one last question for you. Um, If you were to go back in time to the very first year, first day, first week of you being an entrepreneur, what advice would you give yourself based on what you know now? The one advice that you think that you should know. Oh, that's really good. Wow. You stumped me. Um, I think that if I could go back, I would tell myself to mind my business. And I say that not because I'm nosy, but because I think that I compared myself to what other people were doing and I allowed other people to be the, the lighthouse for my goals and for my aspirations and what should what success looks like. So for many many years I was working towards these goals and towards this level of success that actually didn't resonate for me and didn't make sense for me. And that is what led me to 2017 and getting sick was working so hard to get and get and get things that really didn't actually mean anything to me. And so I guess I would just say, you know, figure out what it is that you want and stay true to that. And don't allow like what other people are doing or what other people are saying you should have or what it should look like to kind of infiltrate your vision or whatever it is that made you get involved in it. Because you'll get off track too and have all of this great success, but recognize that this are, or, but realize that the success actually is, it's not doing anything for you. And it'll make it feel like you've done all of this hard work for nothing. So that was really defining for me because on the paper, I looked amazing. Our business looked amazing. But those things for me at that moment where I was at this crossroads of like, this is my life on the line. I was like, what have I been doing these last seven years? You know, like this didn't even matter to me. Like, how did I get so confused? How did my goals get so mixed up? So I really had to kind of sit down with myself and go like, what, what do you really want? And what really makes you happy? And I had lost really all of that um, in the process of, of entrepreneurship because I was just doing what everyone said I should be doing or what it's like Instagram, right? Like we change our feeds or we change how we write captions because we want to get more of whatever, but that's not our true voice. That's not truly like why we signed up or truly how we wanted to connect or commit to the, the existing on that space. And so I feel like when we get back to like our true message or our true kind of like purpose or whatever the case may be, like everything kind of starts to fall together. And um, Instagram is a really great example for me because I've been on Instagram all of this time and I was like kind of trying to keep up with the Joneses or other people and how they were doing things. And then I went off for a couple of years. And when I came back, I was very clear about how I wanted to use my platform 
uh, how I wanted to use my voice and that I was going to post whether someone commented, whether someone liked it, if it was what I felt I was supposed to post, I, I didn't need anyone to say anything about it. And as I have like stood in that, people yeah. have come, the right people mm -hmm. and the right opportunities and things that line up with my values and things that make sense. And I'm not yes. getting the things that don't make sense or the things that pseudo whatever. I'm only getting the stuff that really fits and works for me. And I don't have to change how I communicate. I don't have to yeah. change how I show up. And that was really a big thing for me. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't be myself or that I had to alter myself in order to fit into some opportunity. Um, that for me was when I knew that I was going to be successful. When I could ask Tosh, show up, exactly how I am with my baby on hip nurse in front of a conference, whatever I needed to do. And that was accepted <laughs> because that's what you were getting when you had exactly. Me, and that's what you want. Then I'm like, that's how I know. And that's powerful. Thank you. Yes, honey. That's <laughs> true personal and, and professional freedom. Okay. Yes. I love it. Thank you. I love it. All right. Please tell the listeners where they can find you. Well, you can find me anywhere online um, at It's Tosh Haynes. So I-T-S-T-A-S-H-H-A-Y-N-E-S. -S -E and um, my blog is wisdomandcourage.com, living your wisest and most courageous life. Oh, this has been such a special interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had so much fun. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.